So much so that we get the experience of last week where a woman just touches the fringe of his garment uh, and is healed. And at the end of it, he says, well, who touched me? And the disciples are like, Lord, there's so many people. There's so many people. How can we figure out who touched you? So he's surrounded by this huge crowd of people. And out of that crowd of people steps one man. His name is Jairus. And watch what this man does. What he does is he sets aside, he commits to Jesus, and he sets aside his pride. It goes like this. It's up on the screen. The person in charge of the Jewish meeting place was also there. His name was Jairus. And when he saw Jesus, he went over to him. He knelt at Jesus' feet, and he started begging him for help. That's setting aside your pride. This is Jairus. Remember who he is? He is the leader of the synagogue. He is an important man. He is significant in the community. He is the guy that takes care of making sure that worship happens, that, that uh, teaching is happening in the synagogue. He's the guy that's working all the time with the, with the Pharisees and the scribes. And remember who they were. Remember in the, in the Bible, the Pharisees and the scribes were the ones who were, were out on the attack. They were always trying to trip Jesus up. They were always trying to catch him somehow in a mistake. Jairus now, leader of the synagogue, the guy who works day in and day out with those who are trying to trip Jesus up, he emerges from the crowd and he puts his pride aside and he kneels at Jesus' feet and he starts begging. Now notice, Jairus didn't step out of the crowd, step up to Jesus and say, Now, Jesus, you probably don't know who I am, but I'm an important guy. And you should do something for me because I'm important. He didn't step up to Jesus and say, Now, Jesus, listen, I work with these Pharisees and the scribes, and and I know they're trying to get you, and uh, I've got influence. I've, I've got influence. So you do this little favor for me, and, well, you know, I'll do my best for you. He doesn't do any of that stuff. Instead, he steps up to Jesus, he takes his pride, his power, his leverage, everything that he carried to that moment, he takes it off and he sets it totally aside, and all he does is fall on his knees and begins to beg Jesus. If you're going to get a fresh start, you have to be ready to set aside your pride. Now, pride can be a good thing. I'm proud of my kids. I'm proud of the accomplishments that they've, uh, they've experienced. I'm really proud of Christ Church. I'm incredibly proud of everything that, that God is doing here, right? But pride can also become an obstacle. How many folks have you run into who, for whatever reasons, their, their job situation changes and uh, they need to begin looking in a new job search and what happens? They, they, they don't seem to get that job. Why? Well, because every job is somehow beneath them. What's getting in the way? Oh, their pride. Or you look at marriage situations where the marriage just isn't going real well. Things are not working out as good as they should. They're not the way God wants them to be. But somehow one spouse won't go and, and somehow come humbly to the other spouse. Instead, they just keep fighting with each other, plodding along. Why? Because either neither one of them can set aside their pride and just be humble before the other. 
You run into those marriages? You see, if you're going to get a fresh start, Jairus would say to you, you got to set aside your pride. Don't let your pride become an obstacle to what Jesus can do. Some of you are old enough to probably remember Roger Staubach. Remember Roger Staubach, the Dallas Cowboys quarterback, uh, led the Cowboys to a number of, uh, of uh, championships. One of the things that was difficult for uh, Roger Staubach was he was also like one of the first, if not the first quarterback in the league who did not get to call his own plays. The coach, Tom Landry, would send in the plays. He would send in every play. Staubach reflects on that experience, and he says that was the most difficult thing because his pride wanted him to call the plays and not the coach. And yet he knew every play that came in was the play he was supposed to follow. In fact, Landry had made it so clear he could change the play, but if he changed the play, it better work. Staubach uh, finally reflects on on the whole experience, and he says... I faced up to the issue of obedience. Once I learned to obey, there was harmony, fulfillment, and victory. What did Saubach have to do? In order to experience the harmony and the victory and the fulfillment, he had to set aside his pride about not being able to call the place. You see, the same is true for us. We need to commit ourselves to be able to set that pride aside and not let it be an obstacle to what God can do in our lives. Second Chronicles says this. If my own people will humbly pray, how are we supposed to pray? You can say it. Humbly, right? That, that's got something to do with pride, right? Setting it aside. If my people will only humbly pray and turn back to me and stop sinning, then I will answer them from heaven. I will forgive them and make their land fertile once again. God is asking us, inviting us, just like Jairus in this experience, to just be humble. Set aside the pride and just be humble before him and commit ourselves, commit ourselves to that humility. Second thing Jairus does, he humbles himself before the Lord, kneels at his feet, and just asks for that. But he also commits himself to Jesus as his hope. You need to make sure that you commit your hope to Jesus. Notice when Jairus kneels before Jesus, he makes an absolutely commitment statement. It says in Mark 5, he said, my daughter is about to die. Please come. And touch her so she will get well and live. And Jesus went with Jairus. Notice the commitment statement. Jairus is absolutely committed. He says, I know, Jesus, if you just come, if you will just come to my house, I know my daughter will. I am absolutely committed that the only fresh start answer is with Jesus. I am absolutely sure that the only fresh start answer lies with Jesus. Jairus is ready to make the commitment. There is no plan B, right? There is no other opportunity. There is no time where Jairus is is kneeling before Jesus and saying, well, now, Jesus, I'll give you a try. Or, Jesus, I hope it works, but don't worry. If it doesn't work, we can always... He is just absolutely making the commitment, saying, Lord, I know you're the answer. I know if you come and you touch my daughter... 
she will be healed. Psalm 147 says, The Lord is pleased only with those who worship Him and trust His love. Committed. Committed. See, whatever's going on in your work that needs a fresh start, whatever's going on in your marriage that needs a fresh start, whatever's going on in your home that needs a fresh start, you need to be able to make the fresh start that says, I am going to commit myself that Jesus is the answer. I'm going to commit myself that Jesus just needs to get involved in my marriage. Jesus just needs to get involved in my work life. Jesus just needs to enter into and get involved in what's going on in my life. I know He has the answer. And you just make that commitment. But when you make the commitment, you have to keep it. you got to keep pushing forward with that commitment. And even after you make the commitment, obstacles are going to get in the way. Now remember what's happening in the story. Jairus has come. He's knelt before Jesus. He's made the commitment. Lord, I know if you come, my daughter will be healed. And then all of a sudden, there's an obstacle. Jesus starts going with Jairus, and this woman reaches out and touches the fringe of Jesus' garment. And then Jesus stops, and he says, who touched me? And the disciples are like, you kidding me? And then finally he has a dialogue with her, and she tells him her whole story, the text says. Can you imagine what Jairus is doing in that moment? I mean, can't, can, can you see Jairus in the midst of the crowd? It's, it's kind of like that tour guide, you know, when you take the, you take the tours and they want to just keep you moving. You know, there's even a, a movie where they show a tour guide and she's going, we're walking, we're walking, we're walking. You've been on those tours? Right? I mean, the idea is keep you moving, keep you moving. Come on, we got a place to go, things to see, let's go, let's go. Can you imagine Jairus in that moment? His daughter is dying and Jesus stops. I mean, can't you hear Jairus just wanting to say... Uh, Lord, excuse me, but we're walking. My daughter. And the woman's pouring out her whole story. And Jairus is going, can we get the Reader's Digest version here? Right? I mean, he wants Jesus to get moving. He wants Jesus to get engaged. And all he has to do is touch his daughter and she's going to be healed. And Jairus has to wait for the delay. See, when you make the commitment and you say, look, I know Jesus is the solution. I know Jesus has that strength, power, vision to change and give me a fresh start. Even when you make the commitment, there's going to be obstacles and there's going to be delays. And Jairus simply has to remain committed. While Jesus is dealing with a woman, Jairus has to remain committed. Is it going to be easy? Absolutely not. In fact, it may even get harder. For Jairus, it gets even harder. The next thing that happens in verse uh, 35, it says, While Jesus was still speaking, so Jesus is still talking with a woman about the whole story, right? While Jesus is still speaking, some men came from Jairus' home and said, Your daughter has died. Why waste the master's time? Did it just get worse? Absolutely. Can you imagine Jairus at that moment? Can you imagine him saying, Oh, Lord, if you just would have kept walking and kept walking. At that moment, Jairus could have said, That's it. I gave you a chance. I'm done. 
At that moment, Jairus could have just said, look, look, I committed to you, I committed to you, and you got delayed and you paid attention to somebody else. I'm out of here. But Jairus is called to retain the commitment in spite of the obstacle. Jesus heard what they said and he said to Jairus, see the words? Don't worry, just have faith. What's Jesus calling him to? Jairus, keep the commitment. Keep the commitment. Understand what I can do in your life. Jairus, don't give up. Keep the commitment. Understand. Things may look difficult. Things may look like we have a huge obstacle. Keep the commitment, Jairus. Understand, I want so much for you and for your daughter. Don't give up. Keep the commitments. See, when the obstacle comes, we never know how God is going to be able to overcome the obstacle. There's a great story about an elderly gentleman. He lived in uh, in New Jersey, and um, he had a son. And uh, every every planting season, uh, his son and he they'd go out in the backyard and they'd dig up a garden uh, and they'd plant tomatoes. Well, you know, time went by. The, the dad got older. The son got older, and uh, unfortunately, uh, the son. Uh, ended up in prison. And the dad, of course, uh, as he got older, got to that place where he just wasn't able to go out there and dig up the backyard anymore, to dig up the garden, to plant the tomatoes. So finally the dad sat down and and he sent a note to his son in prison. It said, uh, Dear Vincent, I'm feeling pretty sad because it looks like I won't be able to plant my tomato garden this year. I'm just getting too old to be digging up a garden plot. I know if you were here, my troubles would be over. I know you'd be happy to dig up the ground for me, like in the old days. Love, Papa. A few days later, uh, the father got a note back from uh, his son in prison. He got a note back. Uh, The the note uh, said, uh, Dear Pop, don't dig up the garden. That's where the bodies are buried. Love, Vinny, 4 a.m. the next morning, black vans show up, FBI agents pile out. They all go into the backyard and they dig and they dig and they dig. The whole place is dug up, right? And they find no bodies. They go back in the van. They pull away. Another note comes from Vincent, from Vinny. It says, Dear Pop, go ahead and plant the tomatoes now. That's the best I could do under the circumstances. I love you, Vinny. See, you may face obstacles. You will. But keep the commitment. Because you never know the solution that God already has in store. But you'll never experience the solution if you don't keep the commitments. Commit. Commit that Jesus is the hope for your fresh start. When you make the commitment, you make that commitment then and you you commit also to stay focused then, even when the obstacles come, especially when the obstacles come. You commit your focus then on what God is doing. You commit your focus to what God is doing. Jesus does the most interesting thing when the news comes that the daughter has died. What he begins to do is retain a focus. It says in the text, verse 37, Jesus did not let anyone go with him except Peter. And the two brothers, James and John, they went home with Jairus, 
and saw the people crying and making lots of noise. Now remember where we started. Jesus got off the boat and there was a huge crowd of people. Remember? There is a huge crowd of people. But as soon as the obstacle came, as soon as the worst news news came that the daughter had died, Jesus pairs down the crowd and retains a focus. He retains a focus. Now it's not the whole crowd and everybody going along. It's now pared down and the focus is getting clear and all the distractions are pushed to the side. And there will be distractions. When Jesus got to the house, what did he experience? People crying and making lots of noise. When you make this commitment and you say, Jesus is my hope, there are going to be distractions and there are going to be people who make lots of noise. They're going to make lots of noise. They're going to try to pull you away from the commitment. They're going to try to pull you back into your old lifestyle. They're trying to pull you back into your old habits. They're trying to divert you into another way and say, you've got to be kidding me. You're putting your hope in this Jesus thing. There's all kinds of noise that's going to try to distract you. And what you need to do is keep the focus on what God can do. Jesus pairs down the crowd and he keeps the focus. It says next in the text, Then Jesus went inside and said to them, Why are you crying and carrying on like this? This child isn't dead. She's just asleep. Jesus goes into that experience with all that noise and and addresses it and begins to attack the experience. Now keep in mind, Jesus knows what's going on. He knows the girl has died. Okay, I mean, the girl died. He knows the girl died, but where is he keeping his focus? Well, he's keeping his focus on what he knows he can do. He's not going to let the wailing and the weeping and all of the distractions about the girl being dead, he is not going to let all that interfere with what he knows he's going to do in that moment. He keeps his focus on what he's going to do in that moment. Now look at the response of the people. Do you see it there? He goes in, and in verse 40, what do the people do? The people just... <laughs> they just laughed. They just laughed at him. you got to be ready for that. you got to keep your focus on what God can do, what Jesus can do in your marriage and in your work and in your, in your home and with your kids. you got to keep the focus on what God promises you. Keep your focus on what God is already doing and how he's working and how he's fulfilling things in your life, even in spite of the obstacles. And even if other people are laughing at you. Look what Jesus did to them. After Jesus had sent them all where? Out of the house. Jesus sends them out of the house. Okay? He sends them out of the house. He takes all those distractions and he puts distance between himself and the distractions. He puts distance between Jairus and the distractions. He puts distance between the little girl and the distractions. You see, that's what you have to keep the commitment and take those things and those people who are trying to draw you away and put them out of your house. Put them out of your experience. Don't let those voices be so strong that they draw you away. You simply put them out of the house. Jesus puts them 
out of the house. There's a story about a, um, a French general in uh, World War I uh, who sent a message to some of his superiors. The message went like this. Hard-pressed on my right. My center is yielding. Impossible to maneuver. Situation? Excellent. I attack. Isn't that awesome? You see, in the midst of all those distractions, Jesus wasn't going to put up with it. He just attacked the situation and said, put it out of the house. I know what God's going to do. I know what I'm going to do here. I'm just going to do it, and I'm going to put all the distractions out of the house. And when you put the distractions at a distance, then the final step, you commit your ears to what Jesus commands. If you want a fresh start, you've got to commit your ears to what Jesus commands. The text says, After Jesus had sent them all out of the house, he took the girl's father and mother and his three disciples and went to where she was. Where did he go? Where she was. You see, he entered into the room in the experience of this girl's death. He was not afraid to enter into the experience of what Jairus and this 12-year-old girl was trapped in. And he is not afraid to enter into whatever your experience is. He is not afraid to enter into whatever you're struggling with this morning. And notice what he does with the little girl. It says, he took the 12-year-old girl by the hand. How personal is that? You see, he is willing to enter in. If you commit, he's willing to enter in and get really personal with what's going on in your life. He's ready to enter in and face whatever it is. He's ready to get really personal where you need a fresh start. And all you have to do is open up your ears to his commands. The little girl is lying there in death. And Jesus says, Talitha kum. It's Arabic, language of the people. Talitha kum, which means, little girl, get up. How simple was that? No incantations, no magic formulas. Little girl, get up. A simple command. And what's the little girl do? The little girl got right up and started walking around. Jesus is able to give you whatever fresh start you need. Just open your ears. Open your ears this morning. And listen to his word and command. It's time to get up. Whatever's going on in your life, it's time to get up. It's time to get up and commit and move that pride to the side. It's time to get up and commit and stick to that commitment in spite of the delays and the distractions. It's time to get up and commit yourself to keeping that focus on what God can do in your life. It's time to just get up and just listen to everything Jesus has for your life. It's time to make the commitment. Let's end today by watching the screen, thinking about that word commitment and what he calls you to in your life, the fresh start, committing to that fresh start. And uh, watch the screen and especially uh, listen, will you, to the verse that the, uh, the video talks about. Commit to the Lord whatever you do and your plans will succeed. What does it mean to commit? When you sit in a chair, you commit your personal safety to that chair. When you drive over a bridge 
or put money in a bank or get on a plane, you are putting your trust in something or someone. The more you trust, the more you are willing to commit. To enter the kingdom of God, we must become like little children. A child completely trusts his parents. We have something more reliable than any parent, more trustworthy than any bank, and more stable than any chair. We have a God who has promised to never leave us or forsake us. You showed it in your son Jesus. You showed it when he committed himself to